Welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. My name is Harrison. I am the pastor here. We are so excited that you took the time to listen to this message. We are in the second part of our series, Fake News. What we are doing in this series is we are distinguishing between fact and fiction. We hope you enjoy the message. We're starting in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. Enjoy. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe in the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of the blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him and spreading the good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. How many of you guys know it's a privilege to talk about Jesus? I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, has kept secret from the very beginning. The church, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. I want to start off, I told you in this series, we don't have titles, we have headlines. So I want to give you the headline for our message this morning. Uh, It comes right from our passage. Uh, It was said by uh, the Apostle Paul, but it was made famous recently by a much lesser known theologian uh, named Drake. (laughs) Our headline this morning is called God's Plan. God's plan. Turn to the person next to you, tell them, sounds like a plan. We, uh, we're in week two of our series, uh, our series, Fake News. Make some noise if you're there for part one of our series. What, uh, what we're doing in this series, we're trying to distinguish between what is fact and what is fiction. We said we live in a world where we're bombarded with information, and it's so hard to distinguish between what is true and what is false. And for a lot of us, we live our lives and we believe things that simply aren't true, things that we call fake news. And so every single week in this series, what we are doing is we are examining a commonly uh, thought out, a common belief that we actually think is a lie. And that's what we're going to be doing uh, this morning in week two of our series. And like I said, uh, in the past, all of our messages are online. So if you missed one, we have great news. You can catch up uh, on any message and you can kind of get a pulse for how we do things here at Kingdom Church. So check it out. It's all up there. Uh, one thing that is interesting uh, about our world as our, as our world moves on, uh, we live in a very interesting place. About 10, 15 years ago, in order to become a doctor, you had to go to med school. Uh, it's much different now. In order to be a doctor, all you got to do is go online. Uh, <laughs> any WebMD doctors in the house this morning? <laughs> It's, uh, it's funny, uh, my wife, she's a nurse, and so she's always very extra cautious when anything is happening in her life, and so she's always on WebMD, she's always on Google, just trying to figure out what her symptoms are, if something's wrong, if something's right, and uh, one thing I've realized about WebMD, and I've realized about Google Doctors, is uh, there's no in-between. <laughs> it's just, it's an extreme. It's like you either have the flu or you have lung cancer. It's just one of the two. And, and so, because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if, if something was wrong, you went to the doctor. Now we go online. And so everyone now is getting all of these terrible prognoses because uh, our doctors are WebMD. Uh, I myself, I have, I have kind of a different problem from WebMD. Uh, I have something called ignorance. Uh, so 
if anything in my life goes wrong, if something bad happens, I just sort of hope it gets better. Anyone like that out there? Mostly men, a few women. I just, I just hope. I've told you, I think I told you guys before the stats about men and women going to see the doctor. Men rarely will go see the doctor. And so for me, I'm not really WebMD. I'm more like I think things are just going to work out by themselves. I don't want to go to a doctor and wait six months to be referred, to be referred, to be referred. Um, but lately, my ignorance is starting to catch up with me. And uh, I've had a lot of injuries lately. And I hit a new low a few weeks ago. We're in church. We can be open and honest, right? Uh, I made breakfast. And uh, after breakfast, I'm washing my dish, and my food's digesting, and I let out a burp. Uh, you guys, I'd be thinking pastors don't do that. It was just small. But when I did that, my whole back seized up. <laughs> you guys are like, how old is this guy? My whole, like, I, I literally was like, I was like, what is happening with my life? And it was at that point I realized, I was like, you know what? I don't know if my philosophy on life works. I was like, I think I, I need some help. I can't do this by myself. I can't do this by myself. Uh, it's, it's interesting that this, this time that we live in, uh, we have access to like literally everything. Everything is at the tip of our fingers. If, if you need a prognosis, you can go online. If you need a friend, you can go online. If you need a date, you can go online. If you need food delivered to your house, you can go online. Like literally everything is at the tips of our fingers. And so we live in this society, we live in this time where I think as a culture and as a people, we're more individualistic than ever. What that means is I can do things, I can fix things, I'll be good. I'm a strong, independent man, I'm a strong, independent woman, whatever you want. We see we live in this culture where we can do things by ourselves. And so as a culture, uh, we have this solo mindset, this me mindset, this I'm good mindset. And I think when it comes to church, when it comes to, to Christianity, when it comes to spirituality, this idea has sort of creeped in. This solo mindset, this I'm good, I can do things on my own mindset. And I think what has happened, and, and one thing, tell me if you guys have heard this before, when it comes to our walks with God, when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to Christianity, there's almost this sentiment like, hey, I love Jesus. I worship Jesus, I praise Jesus, I pray every single day, but I don't really go to church. I don't, I don't need a church, I don't need to be part of a church, I can do things by myself. Anyone ever heard that before? And, and maybe we've heard an even more extreme where it's like, I love Jesus, I just, I don't really love church. Some people are like, I actually hate church. And, and so we have this mindset as a culture where it's like, I can do things by myself. I can do things by myself. I don't need a church. I don't need a building in order to worship God. I have my car for that. Every single week in this series, we're identifying a lie, and what we want to do by the end of the message is get down to the truth. And this morning, here is the lie that I think that more and more people are believing, whether they're in church or whether outside of church. And the lie is this. I don't need church. I don't need church. I'm good by myself. And, and it's crazy because of the world that we live in. I'm just going to be honest. It's easier than ever for us to fall into this category. Because everything is online. And I'm going to say something. This might hurt our church. I don't know. We'll find out. But if you go online, you can find a better speaker than me. Did you guys know that? If you go online, if you go on Spotify, if you go on Apple Music, you can find higher quality music than our music here. Not by much. <laughs> Not by much. 
in this world that we live in, it's easier than ever for us to do things by ourselves. And in fact, there's even, if you guys look, there's whole online church experiences. So it's just me in my room. And, and when it comes to this sentiment, well, I don't need church. I don't, I don't need God. Uh, I don't need to worship with people. I don't need a building. I think to an extent there's truth in the, those statements. You don't need a church to pray in. You don't need a church to worship in. You don't need to come here to listen to a message. You can do that anywhere. But what I believe to be true is that when we boil down church to just listening to a message or just singing music, I think we actually miss the whole purpose of what church is. In fact, I think that view of church is actually narrow and what we're going to see today, unbiblical. Because I have a belief, if this is the lie, I don't need church. I have a belief and I have a truth that I want us to get to this morning. And the truth is this, I believe that the church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. And this is what I believe that we see throughout scriptures. It's woven in, especially in the New Testament, that the church is the hope of the world. And so if the church is the hope of the world, I think it's no coincidence that this lie is rising up. We don't need church. I don't need a building. I don't need people. I can do this by myself. But I have a belief that the church is the hope of the world. In fact, if I didn't believe this, we wouldn't have started this place. We wouldn't be here right now if I didn't believe that the church is the hope of the world. Now, maybe you're sitting there, you have an objection, you're saying, no, 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 no. Jesus is our hope. Our hope is found in Jesus. Our hope is found not in a building, but in Jesus. What I want us to see today, number one, church isn't a building. We'll get there. But when we read the Bible, when we understand the New Testament, I don't think you can separate Jesus and church. I think they're one and the same. And so by the end of this morning, I want every single one of us to believe that the church is the hope of the world, that the church is the hope of the world. In order for us to do that, we're going to be in a book of the Bible called Ephesians, uh, specifically Ephesians chapter 3. Um, the reason I want to start in Ephesians is because this book, out of every single book in the New Testament, it is mostly focused on what church should look like what the church is, what the purpose of the church. You see, uh, Paul, the person that wrote this book, he was writing to this church, and they were a fresh church, and so they had questions. What's the purpose of church? Why, what does church look like? Why do we need to meet together? And so Paul is writing in order to fulfill and answer some of these questions about church. And in Ephesians chapter 3, where we're going to be today, we're going to see what was happening, because as churches grow and as churches moved on, there was more conflict, there was more dissension, and there was more questions. And so Paul is writing to answer these questions, and what I believe we're going to see by the end of our reading is that Paul believes as well that the church is the hope of the world. Ephesians chapter 3, I just want to read the first five words. This is how it starts. It says, and this is God's plan. He's about to dive into church the purpose of it, the meaning. That's all he says. He says, this is God's plan. This is God's plan. The reason I want to start here is because the common objection, the common word of the day is, I don't need a church. I don't think there's really a purpose for church. I don't like church. There's hypocrites. People are mean. People are angry. And these guys all, they think they're better than everyone else. What I want us to see as we start, because this is the basis for where we're going to go today, what, what Paul is telling us in Ephesians is that the church is God's plan. So here's the first thing I want us to understand. When it comes to church, this is God's plan. This is God's plan. 
is super simple, and it almost sounds uh, too simple, but this is God's plan. It's like this, and, and this is going to sound very simplistic. Any of you guys uh, who are parents or have kids, have you, have you ever told something to your kids, and your, and your kids are like, why? Like, you, like why? I don't want to do that. And your parents, and if anything has happened to you with your parents, it's like, well, because I'm your parent, that's why. Anyone ever heard that before? Like that argument? It's like, why? Because I said so. Here's the first thing I'm saying when it comes to church. You don't like church? You know what God says? I said so. This is my plan. This is God. And so what I want us to understand, and, and we're going to dig deep because God will actually always give us the why. He never gives us the what without giving us the why. But let's say he never gave us the why. The fact that he's God is enough for me. It's like, this is your plan? All right, let's do it. He says, this is God's plan, that the church be the hope of the world. This is what he says in Ephesians chapter 1, a few verses earlier, a few chapters earlier. Paul says this. He says the church, speaking about Jesus, is his body. It's made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So before we go anywhere today, we need to understand something about the church. Because for a lot of people, when they think church, they think building, they think rules, they think regulations. When the Bible talks about church, it talks about people. The church is a group of people, and Christ is the head of those people. So we can say to ourselves, well, I don't like buildings, I don't like this, I don't like that. But the church is a group of people with Christ being the head. And so what that means is this. We're talking about lies. The lie says, I love God, I love Jesus, but I hate church. That's a lie because Jesus is the church. And so if you hate the church, what the Bible is saying is you hate a part of Jesus. It's like you ever find someone, you're like, I love that person's head, but I hate the rest of them. <laughs> I love that. It doesn't work. You either hate them or you love them. There's no separating Jesus from church where we're trying to look at lies and fake news because you'll hear this. I hear it all the time. I love Jesus. I don't like organizations. Why you guys got to get organized? Why you guys got to meet once a week? Because that's what the church is. The church is a body of believers meeting together. This is his plan. This is God's plan. And what I want to say, if this is God's plan, then it's better than anything I could come up with. That's all I'm going to say. And so one of the reasons we started this church is because we wanted to execute God's plan. We wanted to create a place where people could come and experience hope and come and experience Jesus. We want to be that light in a time of darkness. I think that the world that we live in is darker than ever. There's depression. There's despair. There's, there's a lack of hope. And so in that lack of hope, we need a light. And the Bible tells us that that light is the church, and that church is a city on a hill that people look to, and, and we are the light of the world. But what happens is people get mad at church. You guys ever heard this one? I don't like church because church has too many hypocrites. The church is just full of hypocrites. And maybe for some of us, all it takes is a quick Google search of the history of church. Well, look what churches have done. Look at crusades. Look at, look, at, look at this, look at that. The church is full of injustice. But what happens is this, friends. If God's plan is the church, a lot of times what happens is we get mad at the people, but we don't understand that it's the people not executing the plan. I'll try to explain it like this. Uh, Christy, my wife, she went away uh, a few weeks ago. Her, her, her sister, um, she had a baby. And so she went out to see our new nephew. And I unfortunately couldn't go because her sister has cats. And as we all know, cats are a result of sin and abomination. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> don't think I'm going to apologize for that one. 
I couldn't go. I'm, I'm allergic to cats. And so <laughs> I'm by myself for a week since we've been married. Uh, first time, like, alone in our house. And, and Christy, like, she doesn't want me to die. So she wrote, like, a whole menu out of this is what you should eat. And she had all the days lined up. And uh, she's like, they don't want me to eat cereal for the whole week. And I think there's worse things in life than cereal all week. But uh, one day, she has a plan. And one day, I just kind of decided to myself, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to make something gourmet. I hate cooking, but if I cook, like, I'm going to cook right. So I was like, I'm going to make a pizza, a homemade pizza. <laughs> you guys are like, gourmet? <laughs> it's gourmet to me. So I was like, I'm going to make a homemade pizza. So what I did is I went online. I typed in world's best homemade pizza recipe. And so I went, I saw the ingredient list. I went over to Save On behind my house, bought all the ingredients. I uh, bought the fancy cheese and all that good stuff. And I got home, and I look at the plan, and the plan says, uh, make your dough and then let it sit for 24 hours. <laughs> I'm like, I don't got 24 hours. So I was like, homeboy's got to eat tonight. So I was like, what's the worst that can happen if you don't let it go for 24 hours? And so I just kind of like did the quick, the quick thing. I folded it out. And look fine to me. Uh, get like this. I made a homemade sauce, y'all, for this pizza. It was gourmet. And so I made my homemade sauce. I put on the cheese, the vegetables, whatever else I had. And I go and I slip it in the oven. And as I slip it in the oven, I have it on a cookie tray because we don't have a pizza tray in our house. And so I realize that part of it's like sloping over in the back. And so like I try to pull it towards me because I don't want the thing to cook unevenly. And as I pull the pizza towards me, the whole pizza slips and falls. And <laughs> It didn't, it didn't just fall, like, on the ground. If, you know the crack between, like, there's, like, that cooling oven thing on the ground? Like, it literally fell in there. And, like, I worked, like, 45 minutes on this stupid pizza. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? And, like, the, 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 the recipe said, put, put your oven as hot as you can possibly go. Put it to 500 degrees. So I got that thing, like, Nebuchadnezzar's furnace. And I'm just... <laughs> Like, I can't even, like, go to reach it because it's so hot, but I'm like, I have to eat. So I grab this pizza out. All the ingredients are now, like, in the cooling tray under it, and I have, like, a little bit of leftovers left, but I'm like, man, I got to cook this stupid pizza. I don't care what it takes. And so I just put whatever else I had left, put it back in the oven, and I cooked it. It was more dough than <laughs> the pizza by the end of it, and I took it out. I, I ate it. I sent Christy a picture, and I was like, never leave me again. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, I didn't come to church for pizza. What's, what does this have to do with anything? I have a question for you guys, and this, this is obviously an illustration. If I were to say that is a bad plan, that plan sucks, does that make any sense? You, you see, it's easy to say, man, that wasn't the world's best pizza. But the problem was not the plan, the problem was the person. I didn't follow the plan. I did my own thing. I said a crust by the end of it. And, and, and if you guys see where I'm going, when it comes to church, the plan that Jesus gives us, and we're going to look into that plan, I believe that the plan is a good plan. It's a plan that gives the world hope. It gives the world salvation. But what happens a lot of times is when people mess up, we think the plan is not good. And it's like, I don't like church. Church isn't for me. And what we are doing when we're judging. And I, can I tell you guys something? Any of you guys ever heard, I don't like hypocrites, so I don't come to church? You got hypocrites at your work. You go every single day. <laughs> right? It's, I don't like, they're so mean to me. And you got, you, it's just an excuse. But anyways, off topic. For so many of us, we blame the people. We blame the plan instead of the people. 
You see, when people mess up, we think the plan isn't good, the plan isn't valid. But if the plan came from Jesus, and if it ever is not working, I don't look to God, I look to people. And I say, why aren't we executing it the way that Jesus told us to execute it? And I'm just going to be honest for a second, because we're talking about people having this negative perception of church. The church is bad. Can I be honest and tell you about the good things the church has done in the history of the world? Did you guys know every single year the church raises billions of dollars for the poor, for the needy, for disaster relief? Did you guys know that when in the history of our world, the church was the one that led, uh, that led the movement um, to abolish slavery? Did you guys know that the church was the group of people that said, let's be champions for women's? Let's get behind women's rights. Did you know that the church is the one that said, hey, let's treat others how we should be treated? And the only reason I'm telling you this is because it's so easy to look at the negatives and the bad things. And I'm going to be honest. Let's be open and transparent. The church at times has failed. Christians at times have failed. But there has been so many good things, so many breakthroughs that we have to thank for the church, that we have to thank for God's plan. I don't want us to miss out on that because the church is the hope of the world. And the beauty of the church is that Jesus gave us instructions for how we're to live out this faith. In verse 6, continuing, he says, this is God's plan. The church is God's plan. Someone shout God's plan. God's plan. He says, both Gentiles and Jews who believe in the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. One of the biggest things you will hear when people talk negatively about church is I don't like church because church is only for a certain type of people. Churches only cater to church people, but they, 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 they ignore and exclude minorities. They, they ignore and, and, and exclude people that are different. And I'll be honest, at times churches have done that. But I love what Paul says and what he gives us in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, no, 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 no. He says the plan of the church is that the church be both for Jew and Gentile. And we need to understand what a Jew and a Gentile was. In that time, Jews and Gentiles did not see head to head. They didn't see eye to eye. If you were a Jew, you would not associate with a Gentile. They were lesser than. And so what Paul is saying, he's saying when it comes to this new church that, that we are building, that Christ has left us to build, he says there is no longer Jew or Gentile. We are all one. We're in this together. And so, friends, again, let's not look at people. Let's look at the plan. At Kingdom Church, we're looking at the plan. What does God want us to be? What do we want to be? We want to be a church where everyone feels welcome, where everyone is accepted. We don't want to be exclusive. We want to be inclusive. I'm sure you guys, have you guys ever heard the term church clothes before? Maybe if you've been in church for a long time, or like Sunday best, or like your Sabbath best, whatever it is. Right? And the idea was that when we come to church as a body of believers, we need to look our best. We need to dress up in order that, that we look good. Our church clothes, clothes we don't wear any other day. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with dressing up because we all dress up. It's just different. But what happens, I think, in that whole idea was that people began to believe, well, there was a certain type of, of people for church. Right? Certain type of clothes, certain type of whatever it may be. And it just became a barrier. And so one of the things on our website, we say, man, for, for our church, what do you wear? Whatever you feel comfortable in. There's no dress code. Whatever you feel comfortable in. Why? Because we want every single person who walks through these doors to feel like I can come here. I can feel welcomed. I can experience Jesus. We want to remove barriers. Paul says there is no longer Jew or Gentile. The church gets a bad rap. 
And I think, again, part of it has been deserved, but here we want to break down whatever barriers we can. We want to be a church that is for people. And so what that means, and here's the thing why I talked about hypocrites. Because in the outside world, people are like, man, I don't want to go to church because everyone is so fake there. They all just think they're perfect, whatever it may be. As a church, I want to tell you guys this. Our goal and our dream is to have more messed up people in this room. We want to have more broken people in this room. We want to have more hypocrites in this room. Because guess what? We're all hypocrites at heart. Just, I'll just say it. But here's this. If broken people, if messed up people, if hurting people, if they can't find hope here, where can they find hope? And I would much rather a broken person, a drunk person, a person on drugs, whatever it may be, I would much rather them find hope here than try and find it somewhere else. And so Paul is saying, he's saying the church that Jesus is building, it has no barriers. It has no walls. We're a group of people and we have no walls. And so what that means is everyone is accepted. Everyone is welcome here. And I want to just to speak to someone. Maybe you have a bad history or a bad rap with church and you're saying to yourself, I don't think I could go there. We want every single person. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you've done. Why? Because Jesus said so. This is his plan. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. Verse 7, Paul speaking again. He says, By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. Though I'm the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. This is so vital. You see, what Paul is saying, Paul is saying, you know, when I, when I, when I think back, because Paul was, he was a leader, he was a teacher, he was a preacher, he was a pastor. What Paul is saying, he's saying, when I think about my life, when I think about what I have done, I cannot even fathom the fact that God allows me this privilege of serving people. I can't even fathom the fact that God allows me to do this, to reach people each and every single day. Friends, when it comes to our church, and this is why I want us to be messed up, because what I think the church is, I think the church is a group of messed up people that go out and reach more messed up people. And we bring them to a Jesus who is perfect and a Jesus who offers us hope and offers us salvation and says, I know you're messed up, I know you're not enough, but I still choose you. Paul says, I, I can't even fathom it. I want you guys to think about your life. Think about the things that you have done, maybe something you did this week. Now think about the fact that God says, you know what, I choose you. I need you to hear this. If you're in this room this morning, God is saying to you, I choose you. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you to reach people. For you to reach people. And it doesn't matter what you've done. If you are here in this room, if you accept my grace, if you accept my mercy, I choose you. You see, when it comes to God's plan, his plan to use the church, to use the church to be the hope of the world, if we are the church, if us in this room, we are the church, we are the world church, do you know what that means? That means that you're the plan. Did you guys know that? You're the plan. What's God's plan to reach the world? What's God's plan to spread the good news? Jesus said, I choose you. I'm going to be honest. If I was Jesus, and I'm not, when I, let, when I was on earth, I would have just stayed forever. I'm like, I'm just going to talk about myself for the rest of the time, and, and people are going to believe me, look at me, I'm resurrected. Like, that's what I would do if I was Jesus. But Jesus did not do that. Instead, Jesus entrusted us. 
said, I'm going to choose you because I need you to go to the nations. I need you to go to work. I need you to reach those people in your life that need hope, that need healing. Friends, God chose us. You're the plan. You're the plan. And when we realize that we are chosen, it should change everything. I went, uh, I went to a, a birthday um, of my friend last, last week, uh, Connor. He's not here today. He's part of our church. And uh, we played basketball. And uh, he invited me to his birthday. And I didn't know anyone there. I just knew Connor. But I like to ball when my back's working. Uh, but as the, <laughs> before the game started, uh, in order to make teams, generally speaking, for you, those who play basketball, you usually shoot for teams. You guys have heard that before? It's just like whoever makes it, you're on the team. For some reason, whatever reason, instead of shooting for teams, they decided to do the old school style. Captains. <laughs> now, this is a group of people I do not know. The only person I do know, he's actually never seen me even play basketball. <laughs> and so I'm thinking to myself, oh no. Like, these guys, don't I'm going to be picked last. <laughs> and like, I'm not bragging, I'm not saying I'm a star athlete. But in my life, like, I've never been picked last before. <laughs> Take with that what you will. I never pick it's humble break. And so as I'm in that lineup, uh, there's two captains, and I realize no, one, no one's ever seen me. I'm like this lanky brown guy. They probably don't even. <laughs> and so the teams are getting picked, and it goes one by one by one by one by one. And I'm just standing there. I'm like, this is what it's like. I was like, Lord, forgive me for all those years. And, and, and as things were going down, it was going down to the wire. There was maybe four or five people left. I kind of look over at Connor, and, uh, and he's, he's talking to the guy that's the, the captain of the team. And I see him, and he's like, hey, pick Harrison. He's like, pick Harrison. And as I see that, my eyes like, kind of light up. And like, I, I don't know if he felt bad for me or he was like, that guy's my pastor. I can't leave him hanging like this. I don't know what it was. But it did not matter. I was picked. And I was chosen. And, and, and I didn't have that feeling of going last. And, and it was interesting because it was something that I've never really experienced before. Um, but it was that feeling of being chosen. And it felt actually really good. Especially when you didn't expect it. Especially when you didn't deserve it. No one's ever seen me play for all day. No, I could be throwing bricks up all day. But the fact that I was chosen after I was chosen, man, I wanted to perform. I wanted to show him he made a good choice. He didn't mess up. I wanted to give it my all. Why am I telling us this story? Because Jesus has chosen each and every one of us in this room. And you guys were standing in a line and you deserve to be picked last. In fact, you didn't deserve to be picked at all. But Jesus said, I'm going to choose you anyways. Because I have a plan and I have a purpose for your life. And friends, I believe this and I've said it before. There is someone in your life that God has ordained for you that only you can reach that I'll never have a conversation with. But God's placed them in your life as a coworker, as family, as friends. But God has chosen you. You are the plan. And we can say whatever we want. I don't like church. I don't think church works. Well, guess what? There's no backup plan. There's no backup plan. Jesus said, I'm going to make this church. And he says, this church is going to go to the nation. It's going to proclaim the gospels. He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. Nothing's going to stop this church. This church has no rival. It has no equal. And so we can sit and we can moan and say, I don't like the plan. But friends, we are the people that God has called to execute the plan. And the plan is to bring hope and is to bring healing to the world. And that's what he's going to do. That's what he's going to do. You see, the lie is believing I don't need church. 
we don't need church. But what we're really saying is that the church doesn't need me. That's what we're saying when we say that. I can do this in my car. I can, I can do this at home. I can do this online. All we are really saying is the church does not need me. And I believe that's the biggest lie that we will ever, ever experience. Because God has called you for a purpose. He has someone in your life for a purpose that only you can reach. That only you can share the good news. Only you can share the gospel. Maybe you're sitting to yourself and saying, like, are you sure you're talking about me? Like, I haven't been in church very long. I, you don't know what I did last. I'm talking about you. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've done. God has ordained you. He's ordained your life. And guess what? The fact that you're messed up means you're probably surrounded with people who are messed up. And so Jesus says, all right, let's go. That's just more people that can hear the good news. More people that can hear the gospel. So look at this. This is what Paul says. Last verse in verse 10. He says, God's purpose in all of this, the reason I made this plan, the reason I want Jew and Gentile, messed up, perfect, whatever. He says, I want to use the church to display God's wisdom, Jesus' wisdom, and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers, authorities, in the heavenly places. This was the eternal plan. Get this, this has always been the plan. This has always been how it's going to be. It was always going to come down to this moment. There was a time 3,000, 4,000 years ago, Jesus saw Kingdom Church in St. Albert, and he said, this is the plan. He said, it's going to be a group of people, it's going to be a group of messed up people, but we're going to go and we're going to change the world. That's the plan. And the beauty of us being the body is that Christ is the head. And if Christ is above us, if Christ is for us, who could be against us? Who could stop us? This is the plan. Friends at Kingdom Church, we have a belief. And it's one of our core values. And the belief is simple. We say the kingdom is here and now. Speaking about Jesus and God and what he wants to do for us, heaven is not some far off place. It's not some place that we get to one day. It's not some utopia we can only dream about. Jesus, the purpose he came to earth was to usher in the kingdom right now. He wants us to experience heaven before heaven. And so at Kingdom Church, we want to be a part of bringing heaven to earth. We want to be a part of bringing salvation to the people here in St. Albert, in Edmonton, in Spruce Grove, in Stony Plain, in Sturgeon County, in Mournville. Someone stop me. The purpose is to bring heaven, is to bring the kingdom here and now and to let someone know, someone who has no hope, someone who's living in depression, someone who's living in despair, is to let them know that you need church because the church is the hope of the world and Jesus is the church and we are the church and the gates of hell will not stop this place. That's the purpose. Every single week we usually encourage people, we say, hey, you want to get the full experience at Kingdom Church, come and join our team. If you join our team, we have a special name for you. We call you Kingdom Builders. Our team is called Kingdom Builders. And the reason we call our team Kingdom Builders is because we believe that this is the team, this is the group of people God has called for here right now to help change the world, to help start to build his kingdom. And so I just want to make it a call and I want to make an appeal. And it's, it's just super simple. I want you to join our team. It's not because we really need you and we're begging you. We need more people. It's not that. It's just that we believe that in order for us to reach the world, in order for us to reach more people, we need to grow. Our team needs to grow. We need more kingdom builders. We need more people who are willing to say, I want, I want to be here, I want to join, I want to serve. And understand this, maybe you're saying to yourself, I don't know if I can volunteer. Guess what, at Kingdom Church, this isn't a volunteer position, this is a rescue mission. That's why we're here, we're here to rescue the world. 
a world that is caught in darkness. And that's why every single week we encourage, man, bring your friends, bring your family. Someone needs hope. We make it super simple. You want to join our team? We have growth track after service. Very, very easy. It's four weeks. It runs every single month. Week one, week two, week three, week four. By the end of it, you join our team. Today, we're going to be celebrating. We have some new people joining our team. Come on, someone clap your hands. But in two weeks, we start all over again. And that's your chance to say, you know what? I want to get involved. I want to be a part of this mission. I want to be a part of the church. I want to be a part of that thing that God is saying is the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world. Let's just stand. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Hey, if you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. You will find everything that you need and so much more. If this message, if this ministry is encouraging and inspiring you, let us know. Send us a comment. Send us a message. We would love to hear from you. In the meantime, take care.